0: College basketball tournaments are back, and so are brackets. Get comfy on your couch, turn off that Zoom camera, and sign up for your men's and women's USA Today sports bracket. Register at brackets.usatoday.com.
1: The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports.
0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the counter. I'm Chris Corman, joined by Stephen Ruiz and Charles McDonald. As per usual, we cover the NFL for For the Win, and it's new league year day. This, the NFL is like the only the only league that could actually pull this off, where like a business deadline becomes a big deal for people. Like at four o'clock today, the new league <laughs> year begins.
1: Like who who cares? Like why why do we talk about this? But here we are. I'm talking. I'm choosing to believe that the the fourteen hundred dollars that showed up in my bank account today <laughs> was from the NFL for the new league year.
0: Uh, <laughs> I Thank think, you, yeah. Roger. <laughs> Thanks, Roch <Raj. laughs> I I have to tell you guys something. Roger Goodell will never. get Give either of you any money i'm telling you <laughs> that now i've i followed your work well enough to know that uh that is just simply not something that's going to happen uh four o'clock today some deals will be announced this is, basically this is just a uh, a deadline for when things that we've known about can uh, officially be announced like the Colts can acknowledge that they traded for Carson Wentz even though it happened weeks ago um, this is Charles and I were joking before the show that uh, even like the league put in that legal tampering period which began at 12 o'clock on Monday so you know moon, noon Monday like is when they're supposed to start talking about deals and like 1207 it's like here's the deal and it's you know an incredibly complicated uh, contract with 37 provisions and
1: you know all sorts of different math like it's pretty clear that there might be some deals uh being spun up what are you before. what are you trying to say they're not I'm negotiating according to the rules i'm saying that yeah i'm saying that none of this actually matters
0: everything the nfl sets up uh from the rooney rule on down is just it's all it's all just meant to keep our attention Stephen. That's, <laughs> that's what i'm getting at uh so we're going to talk a little bit about free agency i want to uh uh, we're we're going to get into like winners, losers, best available, kind of talk about some of the teams that we understand what they're doing and some of the teams that maybe we are questioning what they're doing. But I want to start with you guys uh, on uh, the discussion that we've been sort of having. I feel like it's been a little difficult to try to cover this free agency uh, because for uh, I think there's a various uh, a variety of things that are feeding into this. But one is, you know, the salary cap is lower uh, for next year because of the pandemic. And then it's going to go up a lot because there's going to be a new TV deal. So we're seeing weirdly structured contracts like none of it is what it seems. Uh, and then free, as we've talked about in past shows, free agency is just dumb in the NFL because the best players never make it. So it's. It's always sort of this second tier of players that may or may not really matter. So it's, it's really hard to understand what any of this means. Uh, and so I wanted to get your take. I'm going to start with you guys sort of as you think about the league and how teams are changing and as players move, like how much does this really matter what we're seeing right now? Uh, because the NFL wants it to matter, it wants us to care. We do care. We pay attention. They sort of give us these deadlines. They make this theater out of it, and we – we sort of abide by that. But as you really step back and think about it, like are we seeing a ton of change in the league right
1: now with with these deals? I'd say no. Like who – just off the top of your head, who are your top four teams in the NFL right now?
2: Uh, like Chiefs, Packers, Bucks. I don't know. Another one, one there? Yeah. The like <laughs>
1: has that changed at all in the last no. couple of days?
2: No, it's not. No. It,
1: it doesn't matter. Like the Patriots probably have added the most wins, just based on the volume of what they've done. But even them, I don't even. Th- what are they going to go from seven and nine or whatever they finished at to maybe ten and ten and seven, eleven and six? I'm still getting used to the new records. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, that yeah. that's a nine and eight team right there. Like that's that doesn't feel right.
2: Yeah, it's wrong. It's so greedy that they would mess up the perfect sixteen and then the playoff <laughs> structure. I I, I still will never forgive them for that. But just in general, I I think we're just kind of uh, like I don't think the landscape of the league has changed all that much. Or at least like what we thought about the league was going to be in 2021. Like we knew the Saints had to basically lose a ton of snaps from last year uh, in order to get under the cap space. Uh, Philly had to do their own work too. The Rams had some finagling to do, and I don't really think anything any of that has changed over the next. Or over the last few days, so right. you know th- this year more than others, and I don't know if it's just because of, like the amount of money the teams have to spend feels like more into consequential than in recent years. So uh, maybe we'll see some some deals uh, in the coming days. I mean, we still have a, we still have a fair amount of uh, high profile free agents that haven't signed anywhere yet. So maybe that tips the scales a little bit. But so far, I haven't really been moved that much by what's happened.
0: Yeah. So I I mean is it the uh, I'm also having trouble doing the math. There's what 7 teams in each side of the playoffs now. So uh is there like is that where the change is taking place? Like basically the teams from like 20 to 10 that are jockeying for wild card spots like are we seeing changes there or is it just too hard to even really Understand what's going. I mean, have the Saints moved out uh, of of competition, or are they still potentially in that group?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's where the change happens with free agency. Like if you look back the last five years and think about all the teams that have "quote unquote" won the off season, right? They some of these teams have actually made the playoffs, but it's been like a one and done year. Like the Giants that year when they had the the boat trip, they went to the playoffs. They spent a lot of money in free agency, but then they were right back down to earth the next year uh the dolphins spent a lot of money to be like the eighth seed this past year <laughs> the jets did it the one year when they got brandon marshall and eric decker so uh, yeah that's why i don't get too excited about any of these moves because there's a reason why these guys are going to free agency like sometimes a leak i slip through the cracks like trent williams is not a flawed player whatsoever although he does have injury uh, injury history but for the most part, you're like getting excited about Kenny Galladay, who's a nice little player, but he's he was like the best receiver on the Lions, right? Or arguably the second best receiver. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, here we go once again. Every show we do this, like eh, what we're about to talk about, doesn't matter that much. But <laughs> please listen for another forty five minutes because uh, we are going to. Go deep in detail about all of it. So, uh, but let's let's go to winners and losers. You guys, uh, you gave your winners and losers. Uh, Charles, I think, took winners because he's a fundamentally optimistic and nice person. Stephen uh, was quickly uh, offered to write the losers because
1: hey, hey, we did a we did a coin thing. we did a coin flip. I did not
2: choose losers. Yeah, uh, the, the, uh, if you type in a uh, coin flip into your Google browser, it'll come up with a little coin that you can flip. So that's that's what we've been doing inside some. Uh, on <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I,
0: I thought I saw you in Slack say, I'll take losers.
1: I, I, we got I, that I, idea. We got that idea from the PFF graders. Not oh, man, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ah, poor PFF graders.
0: Um, yeah. All right. Let's start with the winner. Cam Newton. This is a guy, he re-signed with the, the Patriots, and the Patriots have uh, rebuilt an offense with real NFL football players around him.
1: Should be fun, right? Uh, everything. Take, I'm taking back everything I just said in the last little discussion. The, the The Patriots are Super Bowl contenders. Cam Newton's winning MVP, and you can't tell me any differently. Wow. Wow! Is this Steven, the analytical
0: thinker, speaking, or Steven, the 15-year-old falling in love with football because
1: of Cam Newton? it's definitely the second one i don't agree i don't actually believe any of that stuff i was doing a little dan orlovsky thing where he his guys get traded and he he, he turns them into super bowl and mvp candidates no the, the patriots are still going to be like a 10 and 60
0: yeah but that's okay right i mean that's 10 and it's 6 better 10 and oh, seven. sorry 11, 11 and 6 11 and 6 or 10 and
1: 7 it's important yes. i don't know what like i have no frame of reference now i don't know what the is 11 yeah, wins even good anymore does that get you in the playoffs this is what
0: go back to the 16 game schedule a, it, it does because there's a seventh playoff spot
2: it's just so ugly 17-7 i can't get over it uh <laughs> but back, back to the patriots
1: yeah i mean there's a lot of hand-wringing over them i guess breaking with the patriot way which is i, I guess in the past it's been building through the draft but They've tried building through the draft the last couple of years and it hasn't worked. They can't draft anyone. They can't draft well. So when you can't draft well and you have all this money to spend in free agency in a year where no one else really has money to spend. I don't see the problem with getting a bunch of mid-level free agents like Jalen Mills and Kendrick Bourne. Like, I don't know why people are upset about those deals. They gave them like rookie contracts, basically. Right. I and mean, then that's the, that's the, the narrative splurging on some guys.
0: Right. I, the narrative I want to knock down a little bit is like the Patriots have been super active, uh, which we expected because they had a ton of cap space, but it does like they're not making long term commitments to players. They they're just adding uh, a team where with a coach, Bill Belichick, who consistently takes defensive players uh, that you've never heard of, puts a cornerback who nobody knows about, but happens to run a four or three and has him. Uh, you know, shadow of receiver in a specific game plan. Like this is a guy who knows how to use parts and they're just sort of like spending on some spare parts. And then they also happen to make bigger uh, investments at tight end and uh, guys that we knew, like the Hunter Henry thing you called way ahead of time. We've known, we spent so much of last off season talking about the Patriots are going to be looking for a tight ends and figuring out how to, play with uh, the guys they drafted that didn't work out but like this is clearly something Belichick wanted to do
2: yeah and I think when you just look at last year's team and the the facelift that's already happened in like the first what 48 hours or, or so of uh, of legal tampering periods, like Bill Belichick was clearly just completely disgusted with whatever roster was put together last year and you know, like we knew going into the season that wasn't going to be a good roster because they still had the dead cap of uh, Tom Brayson on there, and they had some be- some deals that were weighing down on the cap. So, like outside of Cam, they didn't even really have much space to get better, and uh, it it just shows like a complete, you know, like it, it just for it just shows like Belichick's thought process, and like that last year's team was not even close to good enough where we want to be, and. Honestly, like when you look at that team and the talent that they had, it's kind of a miracle that they even got to seven and nine and had a blowout win against the Chargers. Like that, that in itself is uh, a little bit crazy. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see like how all these pieces fit together. I really like the moves of, of Henry and uh, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. I mean, cause I, I couldn't tell you who Patriots tight ends were last year. And uh, Kendrick Bourne like you know he's he's a solid player he's an upgrade the Aguilar contract was uh, probably an overpay but you know if he can somehow manage to uh, continue to get 18 yards of completion this year and like <laughs> 11 yards per target then yeah that should uh, be a pretty good signing too and they really needed a deep threat and some speed so you know is it the most perfect offense no but it's a lot better than what they're doing with last year and I think that that fact in itself is is very important
0: Steven, yeah, that. How, how would I uh, use those? Uh, oh, you, you want to go into Aguilar? I, I know. I was going
1: to say that that's the one signing that I can't defend at all. Like, that's the one where they actually paid him to be something that I don't think he's capable of being. Like, a receiver making $12 million. But then again, it's one year and then next year they can cut him. Right. But like, Kendrick Bourne is getting paid his cap hit next year is like $3 million. He's getting paid to be a fifth receiver, a fourth receiver. Jalen Mills is getting paid to be a fourth defensive back. Like these guys can do the stuff they're getting paid for. Teams get into trouble when they're paying if they pay Kenny Galladay to be DeAndre Hopkins, because he's never gonna be that. The Patriots are paying guys to be what they what I think they're gonna be for the Patriots.
0: How are they gonna use these tight ends? Like what what do you envision them doing with with Henry and, and Johnny Smith?
1: I mean, the easy comparison is the Gronk-Aaron Hernandez days when Gronk was that traditional Y in-line in tight end, the blocker guy who's also a threat as a receiver, and then Aaron Hernandez was... I mean, I don't even know if you could put a name on... Like People are calling him a move tight end, but move tight ends don't line up as a running back and take carries. But John W. Smith did that in Tennessee, and it worked when they did it, and he's big, and he's fast, and he can get down the seam in a hurry, and he's a willing blocker, so... Just the versatility for me, just the no-huddle versatility, especially And you add in Cam. I don't know how you match up with that team if they go fast. Like, what are you putting out there, your base defense? Because I think they can they could split out Johnny Smith wide and get him a mismatch with a linebacker, and that's easy money. Or if you put out Nickel, like, like I said – Johnny Smith's a willing blocker. He's a decent blocker under Henry. That's probably the best part of his game. And then you add in Cam Newton as a running back and you have to account for him in the box. Like they're going to be running over teams. They were running over teams last year with no passing threat whatsoever.
2: Yeah, and they got Trent Brown back, Trent Brown back. Oh yeah. Can, yeah. Uh, if if he can somehow avoid COVID, I forget me like four times after getting the vaccine, like <laughs> that that's just going to be uh so dominant. I mean, he's like 6'8", 360 and then It's just like a a size thing. I I think when you look back at Belichick's teams in the past, I think one of the very underrated facets about them is like, those teams were physical as hell. Like if you think about the year that they beat the Rams uh, in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, the most recent time, not the one in the early 2000s, like they, when they played the Chargers in the playoff that year, they were just running straight 21 personnel. We're going to run you in the face with this fullback and, uh get down the field and we're gonna complete easy passes off that. And like they are so perfectly set up to kind of get back to that if everyone stays healthy this year. Like I'm I'm really fascinated to watch that offense. And I think if they can just find like another running back that has some juice uh in the draft, maybe on the later days, like that offense is gonna go from boring to watch to awesome to watch. And I would imagine that Cam averages more than like 20 attempts per game next season.
1: Yeah, and going back to that twenty eighteen season, I know a lot of the nerds pushed back against the smash smash mouth style working for the Patriots. And they use running back like the, the running game efficiency as as the proof. Like, oh, they didn't rely on their running game, but that's like the point. They put out heavy personnel, overpowered teams early. They had to match the personnel, and that's when you pass the ball. And I think they have that setup going now. And I know people are like, oh, well, Cam Newton's no Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady in the second half of 2019 looked a lot like Cam Newton in 2020. So I don't even know if you can make that comparison. And then you add in what Cam does in the run game, and then it just doesn't make sense to even compare those two players and what they mean to the to the respective offenses they were in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Bill Belichick probably has a, a, a pretty good understanding of how he wants to do something different than what people expect. Like, I mean, that's what coaching is. And <laughs> Belichick has been doing it better than anybody for – Decades now. So
1: he's also pretty good at scouting pro players that are already in the NFL. You can question his draft resume all you want and how much they value players they shouldn't be valuing. But pro wise, I think he has a good handle on what they can do in the NFL. Right. Uh,
0: all right. Loser, Derek Carr. The Raiders of Las Vegas have uh, decimated his offensive line. Uh, Steven, your. Read on, Derek Carr is that he's a uh, pretty fine to maybe even good QB when he is protected and and has uh you know does not have to deal with traffic. This can get rid of the ball uh, basically from a clean pocket. Uh, and you're projecting that that's not going to happen this year. Uh, what are what what is what are the Raiders
1: doing? What is going on out there? <laughs> I have no idea. They just who who did they cut? They cut Rodney Hudson, the center. Yeah, uh, and. It Rich saved Rodney, them like, you Gabe
0: Jackson, Rodney Hudson, uh,
1: traded Trent Brown for a fifth round pick Trent
0: Brown. Yep. So they, so basically Colton Miller is the only guy they have left the left tackle.
1: Yeah. Like Derek Carr, this might, he might set a record for not only throwaways, but fourth down throwaways. Like that's, that's been his thing in the past. <laughs> I, I'm just expecting just running back checkdowns, throwaways, Henry Ruggs is not gonna get a target more than ten yards downfield. That's my prediction. Because there's no way Derek Carr is hanging in that pocket. There's not going to be a pocket to hang in. And I can't even name a guy outside of Cole Miller. Like who's gonna start on that
2: line? I have no idea. I was uh, talking to one of my buddies that covers the Raiders. And he said someone named like Andre James or something. I like I've never heard of this name in my entire life. Uh I, I don't I don't understand why they cut rodney hudson at all uh because you're not you're not saving any money on it and i feel like if you're if you do decide to like enter a rebuild well I, you know i guess rodney asked for it but like if, if you do decide to enter a rebuild and maybe try to find a new quarterback down the road like wouldn't having someone like rodney hudson be like yeah <laughs> really advantageous uh and you know there's certain rumors that maybe richard incognito comes back on a smaller deal but this just seems like a really bizarre move to just nuke your entire offensive line, like right at the start of free agency in an offensive line in class that is not, great. not very strong in the first place. And now you're like Corey Lindsley has gone to the chargers. John Feliciano went back to Buffalo, Trent Williams and Alex Mack have both gone to San Francisco. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you Are going to start four rookies up there with Colton Miller? That this just seems yeah really impulsive and dumb.
0: The uh, PFF, uh, chart depth chart here is just guy I mean one guy does not even have a grade at all uh <laughs> two of them two of them did not play enough snaps to count uh for the season uh, they did get grades of 60 and 45.8 and then the other is 77 out of 79 for right tackle so uh yeah well, you know I know you guys don't love the PFF grades sometimes but not looking very stacked over there uh winner the green Bay Packers and then they're winning just by, <laughs> just uh, by sign, signing a running back. Cause you guys love spending money on, no, I'm just kidding. They're, they're winning because nobody in the NFC and the NFC North in particular has gotten much better.
2: Yeah. I mean, who, what, what, especially we, like we've talked, we talked earlier about how nothing has really changed. I don't think that's any more true for a division than the NFC North. Like, Holy crap. The Lions are entering a rebuild. It's like, no one's expecting them to be good in the first place. But, like, right. that's, that's been a teardown. Uh, the Vikings signed Dalvin Thompson to play three-tech. And, look, like, I know Dalvin from my days covering the Giants. He's a great guy. He's a funny guy. Everyone in the locker room loved him. But he's a nose tackle. Like, he's a nose tackle. And a good one, it's a good one at that. But to put him at three-tech next to Michael Pierce, like, that makes no sense – at all like you, you know we, we keep talking about how the game is getting faster and defensive lines are getting sleeker and you need to uh, get after quarterback and get penetration and that's maybe a little bit more valuable than than guys who can just hold point of attack at the line of scrimmage and now you have two guys who are both over like 330 340 pounds who don't rush the passer all that well and daniel hunter is upset because he feels like he's he correctly let me add correctly feels like he's one of the most underrated Underpaid defensively league compared to the production that he gives. So you have that going on in Minnesota and then Chicago, whatever. They signed Andy Dalton to compete with Nick Foles, and that's just completely irrelevant. I, I, Ryan Pace, is like, just resign <laughs> now, dude. Like, what? Is this is your best shot. Like, you, you've got one. Whoa, whoa, one whoa!
0: You're jumping ahead to one of our future losers,
2: man. I'm <laughs> oh, oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Let, let, let's just leave it there. Andy Dalton versus Aaron Rodgers.
1: I wrote that. I wrote that. Like, Andy Dalton was like the perfect midpoint between Nick Foles and. Mitch Trubisky. It's like he didn't even look to upgrade it. He just wanted to combine his two QBs and he came out with <laughs> Andy Dalton. Where did the red hair come from in that combo? Though, Because Nick Foles has blonde hair. <laughs> Trubisky is a brunette. You combine that, you get red hair.
2: A brunette?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what to say. I, I didn't know
2: that. He has God. brown hair? <laughs> I have just
1: said that. I don't know if I can continue the podcast. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. That's, That's like how they refer to people on like barstool. <laughs>
2: Look, we, we've been staring at screens since like noon Monday, maybe even earlier Monday, even earlier than that. Yeah. But, so, speaking
1: yeah. of yeah, speaking of the state of our brains, I was on Mina's podcast uh, Monday, and I made the same mistake I did with the Sherman thing about him returning to California to play for the Raiders. <laughs> I did it again.
0: <laughs> You're just stuck man. He's, he's uh, Richard Sherman is from uh, Oakland where the Raiders play in your mind. so yeah It's <laughs> just who Richard Sherman is. He needs to adjust to this new reality. Uh, next loser are we on where yeah we are. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. man, we're gonna talk about the Bengals.
1: Jeez. Oh, uh, we awesome. don't need to.
0: It's just yeah, the Bengals are just
1: losers. Here's here's the 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 takeaway: Carl Lawson and William Jackson are better than Trey Hendrickson, and I already forgot the Cowboys guy they signed. Ouse, yeah, it's it's a it's a downgrade, and I think they downgrade it because they didn't want to pay the signing bonuses, which is a very on brand thing for the Bengals. They give right. roster bonuses out instead of signing bonuses, and yeah, that's that's the Bengals are cheap, and they're going to be bad again. They have still haven't gotten any protection for Joe Burrow. Yeah, I was going to say, they nope.
0: also haven't signed any.
1: They haven't upgraded
0: the offensive line either. Uh, winner, the New York Jets. Uh, we kind of expected this. They had money, so we knew that they were going to probably do okay. But they've done maybe even better than we thought.
2: Yeah, they've done a good job this year. And... Not in like the, the, the traditional way you think about Justin. <laughs> and she's like holy crap they spent a hundred million dollars in the first day, this team's gonna be better. Right. Uh no, they actually got some quality players and uh at position, positions of need. Yeah, I mean they haven't had
0: Right, that uh, Lawson deal is good. Like, like Lawson Steven deal's just pointed out value and, too. Yeah, and Corey Davis.
2: Yeah, they haven't had a ten sack edge rusher uh since Calvin Pace in twenty thirteen. And you could argue even back then they needed to find another edge rusher. Uh, so the fact that they finally got Carl Lawson, I know he hasn't had 10 sacks in his career, but based on like his pressure numbers and his quarterback hits, he definitely is someone that should be there, uh, probably sooner rather than later. I mean, I don't think anyone would be surprised if he hit like, 10, 12 sacks this year, just based on uh, how consistent he is as a pass rusher. And then when you get to Corey Davis, uh, that just seems like such a perfect fit with what they already have in Denzel Mims and Jameson Crowder. And I don't think it stops you from adding another guy uh, earlier in the draft too. So, you know, they still need to address offensive line, uh, which at this point is probably more value in the draft than free agency. But, hey, you got two first-round picks. So, you know, I, I think the Jets are, are sitting pretty good. And just one more point, Quinny Williams and Carl Lawson is going to be so much fun to watch this year, uh, unless somehow, like, Quinny gets traded in a package to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. But, like, that duo... Uh, as they kind of grow together in the week and kind of get uh, acclimated with each other and and what we know about Robert Saleh's scheme and how R- Saleh is just like, if you're an athlete, I'm going to cut you loose and go make a play. Like That's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
1: And I wouldn't be surprised if they added another piece or, or two to that defensive line because we saw in San Francisco that's what – the 49ers did. And that's what right. teams got to do when they're running that type of system, that Seattle defense. So just keep adding bodies to that defensive line. And I think it's going to make that the rest of that defense look a lot better. All right. Loser Chicago Bears.
0: Uh, Charles, you can resume your rant.
2: Uh, you were going, man. You were Ryan running. Pace. Like, How is this your best shot? You. We all know that this is last year for Ryan Pace and Matt naggy i mean
0: i mean ryan pace appears not to know that though right
2: like, yeah I, I mean because like the pressure has to be on uh you have maximized this roster and it's still not very good Ma- Maximized not in terms of talent but in terms <laughs> of like cap and the amount of money you can spend like there aren't really that many moves that bears can get out of to or the Bear moves can make to get out of some of these cap hits but if you're telling me that I got one year to save my job, one year to have the title of NFL general manager, one of 32 jobs in the league. I can't rest my, I can't, you know, walk into a draft with Andy Dalton and Nick Fold and say, yep, that was my best shot. You know, I gave it all that I could, but uh, this is the farthest that we could get. Like, are you kidding me? Like this is, this, this almost just feels like a waste of time. It has nothing to do with, you know, the player's, like it doesn't have much to do with like Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, the players themselves. It's just like, if you're the bears, how is this the position that you've put yourself in where you're relying on guys like Nick Foles and Andy Dalton. And last year you could have had Andy Dalton for $3 million. Like the Cowboys got him for and not traded Nick Foles and extended him for like 20 more million. dollars. It's just you're, like, you're spending all this money to not even get a good player. And I, it's just sad to go out like that. It's just, it's weak. I got, I, I just don't understand it.
0: Now, the, there is a report that uh, the bears did make an offer for Russell Wilson. That was included three first round picks, a third round pick and two starters more. Uh, and, and Pete Carroll stepped in and <laughs> said no to that. Uh, you would, you would have just kept adding. You would have just, uh, yeah. look,
2: look, look, if, if this is going to be my last year more, I'll give you three first round <laughs> picks, three second round picks, three third round picks. Like, what do you need to make this happen? Because let's say you know if, if we trade for Russell Wilson and we still suck, look, right. that ain't my problem At anymore. Least you try. That that that's <laughs> that's the next GM's problem. But if we get this deal done and we make the playoffs again, then hey, I got these checks again that say. Ryan Pace, Chicago Bears general manager, and then I could figure out from there and probably get fired like, in two years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just constantly putting on... It's like the Saints cap situation, but it's Ryan Pace with his, his job security just <laughs> kicking the can, can down the road. Like, no, I'll get fired in two years if I keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, that's what the Khalil Mack deal kind of was, if you think it's, about
2: it. So. Seriously.
1: Do it again. <clears throat> oh, man. Poor Bears fans. Uh, winner, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I don't want to talk about this. They, it's the same team. They're bringing everyone back. Uh, congratulations. They were really good at the end. They'll
0: probably be even better next
1: year. Uh, the Saints stink now, probably. The Falcons are... The Falcons, the Panthers are just... <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Tom Brady is just so lucky. Ah. All right, let's just keep going. I'm going to say something bad, and I'm going to get fired. <laughs>
0: Well, the good news is we can edit the podcast, so you could say the bad thing. Like, if you want to say it now, we could just have some blank air when we actually present it to the people, and they'll have to try to imagine what you said. So
1: Let's just leave some blank air, and I could just pretend like I said. <laughs> <Horrible>. <laughs> we could just
0: all think our bad thoughts uh, while while we meditate. Uh, the final loser on your winner and losers story is Russell Wilson. Uh, he did. I mean, he 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 made a power play to try to say. Either get me some protection or trade me to one of these teams I want to go to. And nothing of the sort has happened. He has not been traded. Uh, the, the Cowboys were on his list. They resigned Dak Prescott. The Saints were on his list. It looks like they're happy with the Jameis Winston-Taysom Hill combo uh, and could never afford him anyway. Uh, the Bears we just discussed and the Raiders... Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe the Raiders, maybe that's the story is they're just, they know that Russell Wilson can play without an offensive line. So they cut all those guys and they're going to trade for uh, him. But,
1: but this is on Russ though. I got to put it on Russ because yeah. the list he put together was the worst list possible. Like you picked Ryan pace and John Gruden to figure out a way to, <laughs> to work out a good trade for you. Yeah, like is that what you find- And then you picked a team with no money. And then the other team already had a quarterback that it was going to yeah. sign. Like, what is this list you came up with? That's on you, Russ. Why weren't the 49ers on this list? I guess it wasn't realistic. Yeah. But, like, put the Panthers or the Jets on the list, too. I'm blaming Russ. He had a bad list. He has to – he made this bed, now he has to line it.
2: Yep. That's his fault. Like, if I was – I'd be trying to get – I mean, trying to get to the Jets is such an insane thing to say. But, like, they would, have, they would still have <laughs> the cap space to, to at least go do something. I mean, let's say he gets to the Bears – Maybe that coaxes Alden Robinson into signing his franchise tag tender, but like these aren't great situations for him. Like outside of Dallas, yeah,
1: Uh, yeah. It was whatever. This is is Seattle is just like Seattle. Get just sign him an offensive lineman. Just do it. Make him happy. (laughs) Like why aren't you just doing it? There's plenty of them around.
2: There's there's cheap ones too. Like well, you'll all be happy if your offensive line is better. So I don't really get the pushback on that one. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Well, let's jump to the uh, best remaining free agents. Uh, Charles put together a list of top free agents. What was that last week? Top 50. Uh, And so we are just going to use that as reference and go through based on who's still available. uh, Alejandro Villanueva is our top available Uh, offensive lineman I think Uh, he was down there but the top remaining players are both wide receivers Will Fuller and Kenny Galladay Uh, Richard Sherman after that and then Curtis Samuel another wide receiver and then we get to Villanueva Antonio Brown Ndamukong Su Sheldon Rankin Uh, what do you guys see happening with these players uh, it's again. It's it's hard to like understand the market this year because it's just much different. The the, the salary cap should have been two hundred ten million this year, uh, based on how it goes up. Um, how it has generally trended up, and that's how teams plan out these salaries. You know, you're seeing these contracts this year that are a bunch have small salaries for this year, and then they're going up. Uh, but that's always how contracts go, right? They're sort of built so that they they uh, if if a team actually wants to keep a player for multiple years, which very often is not the case but if they do uh they backload some of that money so the cap hit grows a little bit as the cap is going to grow uh this year is just an anomaly it's uh the it's the only year in the salary cap era that it's gone down other than the lockout year which they also lost money that year uh so it's really hard to know uh are these players you know not not Are they asking for too much? Is there just not as much of a market as we anticipated? It's, it's hard to read the cards on any of that. So what do you guys think will happen with these guys? What's some destinations uh, that make sense for these players?
2: Uh, I mean, just from what I've got a little bit, I think there's a connection between Kenny Galladay and the Giants. Uh, I'm not sure if anything actually gets done there, but I know there's mutual interest between both parties, so that could be something that gets done. Personally, I hate that fit for him. Uh, unless they're going to bring in some competition for Daniel Jones because I think one thing uh, that I liked about him and Stafford at least was like the arm strength to kind of just make those tight window throws that he's kind of good at, at coming down with. And I don't think Daniel Jones has that level of you know athletic prowess when it comes to his throwing. Like, he does throw a nice deep ball, but uh, I kind of like the arm strength a little bit better. So, you know, uh, Galladay to the Giants, I think is a possibility of happening. Uh, one move that I would want to see, uh, I want to see Curtis Samuel in New England and just kind of mm-hmm. round out that uh, that skill group for Cam Newton or whoever is starting for them this year because, right. you know, I don't think Cam's money locks him in as a starter, but that was also the situation last year too. So right. uh, maybe they're just going to go cheap on quarterback and spend big elsewhere. So, But I, I just like the idea of, you know, you kind of have like your really like just traditional receivers with Kendrick Bourne and Aguilar and Samuel can do that stuff too and he can get in the backfield. Uh, and when you think about like what they can do in the box and the athleticism that they can have in the box with Cam Newton, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, and Curtis Samuel, like that offense is so much better than it was last year. And I think that uh, Pro Football Focus, they, they've they done some cool stuff with their war based on just like, or, or you know wins above replacement added right. through free agency. And basically the Patriots are significantly better than they were last year. And I think if you can just add one more explosive threat, that offense would be absolutely humming this year.
1: And I looked at the chart they had with that same stat last year, and a lot of those teams took a big leaps. Like the Dolphins were at the top, I think. The Cardinals were another team, and there's other ones that made leaps. So I, I don't think we can even discount that stat because a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, you improved in the offseason, but games aren't won in the offseason. But I think they could be won, and I think the Patriots have done it. And if they sign Samuel, like you said, He's another guy that has gotten carries out of out of the backfield, like has lined up as a traditional running back. So you put Cam Newton, who can run the ball, a running back, whoever that may be, who can run the ball. Damien Harris was one of the better rookie running backs. Uh, and then you add in John Smith, who is, who's carried the ball as a running back. And then Curtis Samuel, like the things they can do with those formations, even if it doesn't work out and it's not good, I think it's going to be at least fun as hell to
2: watch. Yeah. Also, there's a bit of news. That just broke that is relevant to what we were speaking about earlier. Justina Anderson just tweeted that she's told the Raiders are trying to move Rodney Hudson via trade per a source. So I guess they didn't actually cut him and now they're going to try to trade him instead. And I imagine that if you say you're going to cut someone and they go, actually, now let's try to trade him. <laughs> you can't get more than like a sixth or a seventh for that. So good job all around, John and Mike. Congrats. I can't believe that duo didn't work out.
1: <laughs> those, <Yeah. laughs> the, that, that power couple didn't work out. are no, we just brainiac- declaring them
0: dead already?
2: Man, yes. Uh yeah. I was ready to do that once the hire, hires were made. I, I, yeah, I think they still have six years left, though. So, and, my, and from you know, from what some Raider reporters say, Mark Davis is not in a situation where he can cut them loose and then also pay another person to do that job. <laughs> <laughs> we might see them uh, see like play out the whole length of that. Deal.
1: Sometimes working for a poverty franchise
2: has its benefits.
1: <laughs> ask, ask Zach Taylor, Chuck's favorite coach.
2: Oh, God. Still wouldn't know what he was if he walked into my room right
0: now. <laughs> uh, I just picture him sitting at that desk on draft night last year. It, it looks it's like a Motel guy. Six. <laughs> he's going to rent you a car or something. Like Not even from
1: one of the good ones. Like what Apparently, that's his house, by the way. That was his house. I'm feeling sad why, for him. Why you know? does it look like a Red Roof Inn? I mean I get maybe that's the best
0: you can do that there. That's his aesthetic. It is yeah, I mean I like Cincinnati though. It's a nice place. I don't I don't want to speak ill of Cincinnati. Uh what are some other uh signings that you'd like to see, Steven, of, of these remaining players? What are some pairings that seem intriguing to you?
1: I was gonna say Will Fuller to the Cardinals. I think I had that in my post picking one perfect free agent for each right. team. They just signed AJ Green, right? They signed it. Yeah, and I don't know if that like necessarily right. precludes them from it. getting because i 'cause right. I'm I'm assuming AJ Green's gonna step into the role that Larry Fitzgerald played. Being old. Being old and like lining up in the <laughs> slot and oh, okay. not creating a lot of separation, but making a, a few timely contested catches. But I would still like to see them add a number two speed guy. Like Christian Kirk is a perfectly average receiver, but he does nothing to a defense, and I think if you can't get a Will Fuller type, I think Curtis Samuel is another guy that could line up there and be a deep threat that opens things up for those guys underneath. But that's the biggest one I think I want to see. I just want it. I don't have any faith in Cliff anymore, but I think if you give him those pieces, it's, like, too good for him to fail. Although he might find a way. He yeah, had Patrick <laughs> Mahomes at Texas Tech, so. <laughs> Man, maybe that should have been a red flag, red flag for people. I mean, this is what I'll say about Cliff. He hasn't, I don't think he's been good, but he hasn't been a disaster. And I think he has done the things that people kind of expected him to do. Like the run game has been very efficient. The offense has been like a top 10 offense, even when they didn't have talent. So in that regard, I can't say he's been a total failure. Like he's done what we thought he would do as an offensive mind. If you can call him that. But, like, just as a head coach, it just, I don't, I just don't see
2: it. No, yeah. And I just don't get if you're Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury and look at this receiving group and say, AJ Green, that's what we need. (laughs) Maybe in 2015, but uh, I don't like anyone who's watched recent AJ Green film. uh, Yeah, like, he didn't have a great connection to Burrow last year, I don't think, but. Also the the guy's just kind of a shell of himself and that just kind of what happens. I mean the twenty eleven draft was a decade ago. That that kinda of makes sense and he suffered a lot of injuries. So I, I, I just think that kind of signing him and guaranteeing him a starting spot is a little bit much for me. And I think that, you know, they're better served going with someone a little bit younger to to do this. And you know, we'll see how that happens, but I just don't really get what the vision for this pass game is supposed to be.
1: I mean, everything you just said could be applied to J J. Watt too. <laughs> Yeah, including the true. 2011 drafting. Yep. But not Cam Newton. Cam Newton's the MVP candidate.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sticking by it. Uh, I want to throw a little curveball at you guys. This is not how we planned the show to go. Uh, so we're going to see how well you adapt uh, to seeing something you didn't expect to see. Uh, just the quarterback market and how, how things are going and uh, who still needs uh, to fill that role. Uh, you know, obviously, the biggest name is Deshaun Watson, uh, and, and that's via trade. And we know that there's only a couple teams that he wants to go to and only a couple that will probably even be able to marshal the resources needed to get him. Um, the We talked a little bit about the Falcons uh, in our pre-show, pre-show prep that uh, re-signing Matt Ryan, probably restructuring his deal probably means they're not going to take one. Uh, early in the draft, you know, in the first round, that number four pick. Uh, what are you seeing with this QB market? Uh, the Ryan Fitzpatrick ended up with the Washington football team. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about Dalton ending up with the Bears. Uh, the Jets need a solution at quarterback and hold the number two pick. Uh, how do you see some of this unfolding as we go here?
1: Ah, you forgot to mention that Taysom Hill just signed a $140 million contract. Taysom Hill is rich.
2: Yeah, it's like $137 million of funny money in there that he will never see. (laughs) You got an NFT contract, a top shot contract. Oh my, a blockchain contract. (laughs) Um,
0: Jameis Winston is also back on a a contract that pays significantly less.
1: I think, like, I don't think there's going to be another major move until Deshaun gets moved, right? Right. There are no Like Dak got signed, Cam resigned, signed the Saints situation sorted itself out. It doesn't sound like anyone wants to trade for Sam Darnold, so I don't even think that counts as a domino. Did you guys see the the anonymous quote yesterday that was on Twitter from like a...
2: Yeah, from AFC's. Matt Lombardo. Uh, <laughs> Matt Lombardo, who covers a uh, Giants for... I think he's, at, he's working at Fansided now. Uh, he's a great guy, by the way. He's hilarious. But he he tweeted yesterday that uh, he was talking to an offensive coach about why Sam Donald's market hadn't, you know, been more robust than we expected. And the coach just said, he stinks, bro. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's true. Like, it, it's kind of funny because I remember, you know, as I was like exiting the daily news with uh, the Jets coverage and coming here, I remember, you know, I was talking to Jets fans. They're like, yeah, I think we can get a – First round pick for Sam Darnold. Oh my god, are there there two first rounds that I'm not aware of? Like, (laughs) are you talking about maybe a a supplemental draft where it doesn't take away from your 2022 first round pick? But the expansion uh, draft, yeah, like now, like, there are even people saying that the 49ers should trade like the 43rd overall pick for Sam Darnold. I'm like, but why? Like, I don't, like, he hasn't really done anything that would. Suggest that he's worth any of these picks. So, outside of like just having, you know, a, a strong arm and, and being able to run a little bit. So, you know, I, I think that, that we are probably in a little bit of a situation where fan and some media opinion on Sam Darnold is a lot higher than how the rest of the league views him. And maybe, maybe Joe Douglas just wants to go into a season with like Justin Fields or Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold because. I don't see why that's such a horrible scenario for them because it doesn't mean that Sam Donald's gonna start. It just means he's on the roster.
1: And they'd both be cheap. Like and I warned you, Jets fans, last offseason, don't fall for the little highlights. Like the you've got the the oh, if Patrick Mahomes did this, Sports Center wouldn't shut up about it plays. You got like three of those last year. Yeah, but if they if Patrick Mahomes did the other 42 plays in that game, we'd be talking about him like he sucked too. <laughs> like that's the part you leave out. He does he does that for like Three plays a game, and then he's good for the rest of the, the game. Sam Darnold doesn't. But other than that, yeah, what's the next domino? I think it's Deshaun either gets traded to the 49ers, Broncos, or it seems like the Panthers are the three teams, maybe the Jets. I, I doubt that though. And then it's everyone else is just going to the draft
0: uh steven i think on the mina Kime show we're just gonna mention mina as many times as we can because uh um, we're clout chasers it, it, yeah it makes, <laughs> me, it makes people listen to our show honestly um uh you mentioned that you were okay with the ryan Fitzpatrick to washington signing uh explain your thinking there he's 39 year old uh they're gonna have him compete with heineke uh, <laughs> <laughs> who i just called by his last name um like, wait, so this makes sense to you. This is like, what is the law? Like, so they make the playoffs. If they're good enough to make the playoffs, how, when are they ever going to find a franchise QB? What's, what's the plan there?
1: I mean, that's a good question. I don't know, but like, do we trust this team to find, they don't even have a name. What can they find a name first? Or we want them to find a franchise QB. I made that joke in the tracker. Did you see that? I, I mean, that's, uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't read FDW. But, uh <laughs> it was like it just makes sense for them i mean you might as well like i think their goal is just to retain the interest of the dc area in this team which has been mean, slipping away virginia right like no one. Right, is northern DC virginia like, yeah it's in land over maryland which is not a real place by the way uh <laughs> But, yeah, I think you just need the attention of the city, really. And until you get into a situation where you can really start your rebuild, I think making the playoffs was probably one of the worst things that could have happened to him last year. But while you're here, I mean, just compete for an NFC East title again. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to stop you from from doing anything, from rebuilding. I mean, teams have had success when they bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick and try to rebuild. So, I mean, why not? Andy Dalton got $10 million or whatever he got, $6 million bring a quarterback. I I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is better. And I think he at least helps them compete in a flawed NFC East. Uh,
0: What about the 49ers? What do you think they're going to end up doing? Uh, I mean, we've been saying for years now, they need to to upgrade from Jimmy G, but there's been no significant movement.
2: Uh, I I think they're just going to run it back with Jimmy G, honestly, unless they, make a surprise and trade up for someone in the draft. I mean, realistically, if you're thinking about it, jumping up from 12 into like the top five or the yeah. top four, uh, because you have that relationship with Atlanta between Kyle Shanahan, and that Falcons organization. Maybe you could make a strike a deal there. Uh, that's like, that's not, it's un- not unreasonable to make them expect that jump, but I also just kind of don't see them doing that. I don't really have, any other reason besides, you know, it's a, it's a gut feeling, but I just, it just kind of seems like they're going to kick it with Jimmy G again and see what happens in the draft and then really make the move next year at quarterback.
1: Yeah, and I don't even think that's like a terrible plan. Like we we make fun of Jimmy G all the time, but he's still a serviceable, serviceable quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's offense, which... I mean, we've seen that's enough to be in position to win a Super Bowl. Now, Jimmy G right. is probably the reason why you didn't win the Super Bowl, but it's still not. It's, it's better than like signing Andy Dalton. And if, I mean, I guess they're going to try to trade for Deshaun Watson. If that doesn't fall through, I mean, I'm all for just sitting at 12. And if the, the beauty of Jimmy G's contract is you can get out of it anytime. So there's no deadline for them to meet to get rid of him. They can just get rid of him next year if, if they have to. Right. Uh,
0: As we mentioned earlier, the Falcons did restructure Matt Ryan's contract, kicking some of the money down the road means sure seems like they're going to give Arthur Smith, the new head coach, a chance to see what he can do with uh, Matt Ryan, who, you know, even at an a little bit older than uh, T- Ryan Tannehill was. I, I think he's still a better player. So, I mean, it's it's worth that chance. Uh, but it might change what they're thinking with that number 4 pick. Uh, Charles, how are you reading the situation in Atlanta right now?
2: Um, I mean, it, it, depending on who you talk to, it's like – because some, some people are not c- completely convinced that they're out of the quarterback market at 4. But, mm-hmm. like, you also have to acknowledge that this – the restructuring makes it a lot tougher uh, to kind of justify not only spending the fourth overall pick on a quarterback, but also not playing him for like what could be three years, four years, uh, depending on how, uh, you know, the, the tail end of, of Matt Ryan's career goes. So now that he has restructured his deal, he's under contract until 2023 uh, through the 2023, 2023 season. So, you're looking at, obviously they won't cut him this year, but you're looking at a dead cap hit of $65 million this year, which is whatever. That's, they just restructured him, so we know this. that's not going to happen. Next year, you're looking at a dead cap hit of uh, $40 million, which means he's probably not going to get cut next year either. Uh, and in 2023, in his last year's deal, you're looking at a dead cap hit of uh, $15.6 million, which to me, all of this just kind of says... Uh, Matt Ryan's probably going to finish his career as a Falcon. Uh, in my opinion, I don't – I think this kind of completely takes him out of taking a pick at a quarterback at four because uh, if you're just going to have these cap hits, you, you know, Matt Ryan next year, he has a $48.7 million cap hit. And then his final year, he's a forty-three point six. Like, I don't really see why you would, like, waste space on a quarterback – when you need to waste space on, like, literally everything else. Uh, the Falcons, like, they don't have a starting safety right now. Uh, Ricardo Allen, Keanu Neal, DeMonte KZ, all gone, all going to different teams unless somehow Keanu Neal makes, like, a last-second decision to come back. Uh, you know, I, I think that this move is actually pretty impactful for the draft because, to me, this sets the the Falcons' pick completely on sale, uh, fourth overall, because mm-hmm. not only are the Falcons, like, in a bad cap situation, they also just don't have many players on the team right now. So, you know, according to uh track or spot track, you want to say it, uh, the Falcons are $5.3 million under the cap. So they have $5.3 million to spend, but they only have 42 players on the roster. So wow, uh, that seems like a, we need cheap bodies and we need cheap bodies now. So maybe we'll restructure Matt Ryan. We'll trade down. We'll take up some rookie contracts and then kind of like reassess this thing and, in two or three years. So uh, I, I I would be pretty surprised if they ended up taking a quarterback at four now, maybe take one uh, in the second round of the draft. But to me, this, this restructuring shows that they're trying to go all in and figure out how they can make the best possible roster for uh, 2021, which is still probably not going to be that great of a roster based on the situation they were put in by the last regime.
1: The 2023 NFC South is going to be maybe one of the worst divisions in NFL history because the all these teams are going to be like coming to an end of these eras like the Saints I, Yeah, I was going to ask all-
0: about the Saints. Like what cuz they just keep kicking money down. like they Mickey Loomis just keeps kicking the problem forward. So what it's I like how are they ever going to
1: actually rebuild? Right, like the the way they shed all this cat without losing too many players. I know they lost a lot of snaps but they they still maintain a decent amount of players. I think they franchise tagged Marcus Williams. Yeah. Like, they restructured deals and kicked money down the road. And they had voidable years for Drew Brees' contract, so that's still going to be on their books next year. So, I I guess Saints fans are celebrating the work Loomis did, but I I just think it just makes things worse two years from now. And for what? They're not going to compete for a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill.
0: But they're also not going to tank all the way, right? Like, uh, Jameis is good enough that, you know, and the rest of the roster is still decent.
2: You get the eight and nine, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> Good job doing the math there. Thanks. <laughs> impressed. Didn't have to. Didn't have to go back on it. Are you guys surprised at all at uh, how quiet the Jags have been?
2: Uh, yes and no. Uh, I'll go yes because you had so much money to spend. You know, if you're talking about Urban Meyer coming from position of power as a head coach at your Ohio state. I don't think there's anything more powerful in the NFL than walking into a situation where you are going to have a generational quarterback prospect. And, you know, with like $72 million in cap space in the year where no one else has to spend, like we've seen how the Patriots have attacked that, you know, we got money. People don't let's try to upgrade uh, with players that we like, <laughs> at least I wouldn't say best, best upgrades, but uh, with players that we like, uh, and, you know, it just seemed like if Urban Meyer's coming to a situation like that secure where you don't even have to worry about quarterback, he can just spend, 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 spend. That, that seems like something that he should be all about. But then I'm also not surprised because this is Urban Meyer coming from college, completely different experience. Uh, and Trent Baalke, it's not like he had such a great track record with the 49ers before uh, he was eventually replaced, you know, five, six years ago whenever that happened. So it's like, yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't spend all this money. But when you look at like really who's in charge and putting the context of their backgrounds, I'm not really that surprised that they were unable to land uh, some of the big fish. Like I know that a lot of Jack's fans were in on uh, John Johnson, John Smith, maybe even Trent Williams. And you went 0 for three there. And it just kind of seems like, you know, this, this seems better. Uh, Shaq Griffin uh, and CJ Henderson, if he can live to potential should be a solid cornerback deal. And, uh, I think Rayshon, ja- Rayshon Jenkins, who they signed from the Chargers, is a pretty underrated safety. But you know, it's still not a good team, and I think that people were expecting a bigger splash in the first year together.
1: I, I, it's probably a good thing for the Jaguars. Like when, the last time they did this, and they reset and they rebuilt their free their big free agent signings, and they were one of the teams that spent a lot of money. Was like Jarrett Audrick and Toby Gearhart and T- Tashawn Gibson. I think was one of them. It was. It's hard to build a core with just free agents. Like the Patriots, I don't think they're building a core; they're enhancing what they have. Right. Whereas the Jaguars are just starting from scratch. And I know I wouldn't want to start from scratch with this free agency class, which we've talked about for the last couple of weeks as being a, a pretty bad one. So, like, I understand why Jags fans are disappointed, but you still get Trevor Lawrence. Just like look forward to the draft. That's a better way to build a team. And you guys have the assets to do it, why would you even want to spend all this money on flawed free agents? Like even like Trent Williams, who I think is the best player in the class, he's still very old and he's had a lot of injuries. And I don't think that lines up with your timeline. So I mean, it you're missing you mad because you missed out on John Johnson. I don't think that's gonna make a difference.
0: All right. I think that's all we got for this show. I think that's that's it. We're just gonna sit around for the next hour and wait for the new league year to
1: start. Get, 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 get that. <laughs> That's when I could start spending my money, yep. That's fourteen hundred. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> I mean, look, the uh, Fal- Falcons need all the fourteen hundred dollars that I can give them right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can help them buy safety.
0: <laughs> uh, anything else? Any, anything you guys want to touch on before we depart?
2: Uh, no. I mean, uh, you know, I, I I think this is like one of the. This is one of the few years, like at least in recent memory, that I've been more intrigued with the draft than free agency. At least because I, you know, I, I'm interested to see where Will Fuller and Kenny Galladay and Curtis Samuel will go. But hey, for me and what I like to watch in football, they that's not like completely moving the needle for me. So uh, I'm excited to really start diving into this draft stuff for the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. This. The free agency, it was supposed to be boring. It's been boring. I don't think much <laughs> change about the landscape. Uh, I, I don't know if much is going to change during the draft, but I think the future will be set for a lot of teams. That's such like a, a vanilla thing to say. But, hey.
0: Uh, yeah. Free agency was boring, but this episode of The Counter was pretty awesome. I think. It was riveting. <laughs> I, think. I think. Five stars. Five stars. Rated, everybody.
1: And if you guys heard that uh, Tom Brady ran, I went on when we cut the mics, it had been even better. <laughs> that's right you can uh we'll do
0: an only fans for uh people who want to pay <laughs> for steven to uh to berate tom brady so uh
2: thanks hey, for joining only, us
0: only fans for draft content is a good idea uh let's do it let's do it uh thanks for joining us everybody take care we will talk to you next time
1: the counter an nfl podcast from usa today sports